All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, chance, stop! Face off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 3, Episode 8 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Sagan. With me, as always, we got Dylan D. Bernstein. How's it going, D? Happy to be here, Brock. And Michael Beebs Bondi. I'm also happy to be here, Brock. <laughs> I always love that Season 3 thing right off the bat. <laughs> Get you guys fired up, eh? Smacks me right in the face. Like, we've been doing this for three years? Yeah. Okay. Hey, but we might finally have might finally have a sponsorship. Hopefully by next week, so might all be worth yeah, it. Uh, it. But no, hopefully not. We got the we got the big boys making the, uh, you know, <laughs> doing all the talking for us right now. So hopefully that works. And out. I am not the big boy, just in case anyone <laughs> thought that that was the case. Because no know, one thought that was the case. That. No, you're a the only you're the only one that thought that. But uh, <laughs> I, before we really get into it, I think uh, I I might as well just talk about it really quick. Uh, in 
I haven't really checked in on Division 2 too much, but in Division 1 of the Daily Face-Off podcast, um, uh-huh. I, I hopped over in the league page today, and I was dying that the one guy's name, I think it's, I think it's Cameron, his name is Sagan or Segan, because it's just like a, the biggest argument on this podcast all the time. How do you actually say his name? Made me Biggest laugh. in your in your mind, but well, no, every single time I say it. But uh, D, I just I, I don't know how did you do last week. Oh, uh, you you don't know? I oh. don't remember how'd it go. <laughs> uh, I took a tough out of the BR dusters, and I'm pretty sure it's because I uh, didn't check my lineup on Sunday. So uh, <laughs> tough way to go out, eh? Bud. You know, like, bud. it was honestly just like a battle of the shits. Like my team only had five goals and I won. Uh, and I also <laughs> won with an 893 save percentage. So it was had like literally nothing to do with my team. No, that I'm, was it. I uh, I played Jimmy Howard on Sunday and I shouldn't have. And it brought me below your save percentage. It's so funny because there was only one game on Sunday. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, that doesn't even really, that doesn't even make sense because he only allowed like one goal. It was just enough to bring it down. I don't think that's the case. The save percentage I, was like, 870 in that game, I think. No, they played Vancouver. They lost one nothing, didn't they? Or was that this week? Pretty sure that was. Yeah, I think they. I think you made like 30 saves and 31 shots. So I think you're lying. I think you yeah. almost won because of Jimmy Howard. <laughs> no, don't talk like that. Yeah, I don't know. You had an 885 save percentage last week, so that's tough. Tough to swallow. But anyways, let's get into it, boys. We got a lot to cover on the show. We're uh, week three of the fantasy hockey season. Uh, I guess this is no, you know, no better time than now to kind of talk about the guys who are playing really well. Maybe guys that weren't expected uh, to play as well as they are at the moment. Uh, and then we'll also talk about some guys who I guess we expected a little bit more out of uh, than what they've given us so far. And we just kind of want to talk about which guys, uh, you know, early season success is sustainable, which guys isn't. Uh, and then also guys who are struggling, you know, which guys can we expect to battle back a little bit here in the next couple weeks, uh, if not maybe next week. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, we'll start with keep it up. Which guys can keep it up? Um, and that's fantasy hockey, not in the bedroom. Uh, we're going to start with Jaden Schwartz. Uh, Jaden Schwartz <laughs> has seven. Yeah, you're welcome. Seven goals, seven assists, 14 points in his first 10 games. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it here before I throw it to you guys because Jaden Schwartz has been one of my favorites for a while. Uh, and Good right boy. now... Right now, playing with Obviously. playing with Braden Shen and Vladdy Tarasenko is just uh, one of the most disgusting lines in hockey. I mean, Schwartz, which is an abundance of speed. Shen likes to get in uh, on the forecheck. Then you got Tarasenko, just an absolute snipe show on the other side. I absolutely love this line. Uh, but then you look at Schwartz's on-ice shooting percentage of 15.5, uh, and, you know, you obviously expect a little bit of regression there. Um you know, right now, currently on pace for 58 goals, probably not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's extremely, extremely likely, especially given his uh, his start, that his career highs of 28 goals and 35 assists are both very likely uh, to fall by the wayside. Uh, I think, obviously, he has a good chance to, you know, crack 30 goals. He's been, a, you know, high 20s twice in his career. I think this is a guy that can obviously get to 30. And then, you know, 35 assists is, is his career high. I'm sure he can definitely get back to that. Playing with Tarasenko, who knows? You can get to forty. Uh, but do you? What yeah. do you? What do you think about Jaden Schwartz? Uh, yeah, you know, kind of the same boat. Um, shooting twenty eight percent as well. So um, you're going to see that's a trend as well as the high on ice shooting percentage with these guys that we're talking about because it's a lot of guys um, who are up around a point per game and obviously aren't used to being there. Um, but you know, that being said, Schwartz is kind of a sharp shooter. Uh, he's shooting just under fourteen percent for his career. Um, and he's shooting the puck more, 25 shots through 10 games. If he keeps that up, I think he'll have a real shot to break 30. Uh, but I still see him kind of settling in back around 60 points come season's end. Yeah, Biebs, what yeah. do you think about Jaden? 
I was going to say, for me, really the big difference this year that's kind of different from other years is he just kind of he's healthy um, and he's going off the bat. Last year he missed a couple games before, and then he kind of pulled it together for the whole year, but he just kind of never got it going, it seemed, or not quite like he did in um, 14-15. Schwartz is only 25, too, so he's kind of reaching that age where these could be, you know, his peak years the next couple years here, especially if, like I said, uh, he can stay healthy. So I like Schwartz to have a career year this year, but again, a career year is anything above 64 three points um which uh in fantasy is it's, it's super nice to have but um i could see him you know pushing it to the, the 70 point mark this year um but definitely uh definitely one of the hot hands that you uh want to have right now on your team i think like the one main difference too uh is that him and Braden shen you know they've been together since day one this year and they just seem yes. to you know be be clicking you know they're firing on all cylinders they play together at both even strength and on the power play. And we know how much of a beast Braden Shen's been on the power play in, the, in years past. And that's one thing that we haven't really seen from Schwartz a lot. He doesn't, hasn't really had a ton of power play production on his young career. So, you know, the addition of Shen, especially with the man advantage, I think can definitely help him pick up an extra five or six points here, uh, moving along through the rest of the year. Number yeah, two, though. He's never oh, sorry, really killed it on the power play. Yeah, so. exactly. I think his like, career highs is maybe like nine power play points are right around there. So, uh, yeah. A couple extra points with, with Shannon, obviously Tarasenko too, uh, can go a long way. But sticking with the Blues, another guy who's had an absolutely ridiculous start, Alex Petrangelo, four goals, eight assists, 12 points in his first 10 games. Um, before I jump to you guys here, let me drop this quick stat on you. Since uh, the Kevin Shattenkirk trade last year, Petrangelo leads all defensemen in goals with 10 points with 31. He's also tied for first in power play goals and third in power play points. Uh, obviously, getting rid of Shattenkirk uh, has afforded Petrangelo a lot more minutes, uh, specifically on the power play, and he's just you know reaping the benefits. He's been on absolute on an absolute tear to start the year. Uh, Beams, what do you what do you think about Petrangelo going forward? I think you hit it right there. Um, I was going to mention that the departure Shattenkirk kind of did really was the coming out party for Petrangelo kind of late as people kind of expected this a couple years ago after his fifty one point um, campaign, and then he did it again in 1314 um and then he kind of let a couple of people down for a couple of years so um if you can you know if you can if you have petrangelo now um i think he's just uh, he's that team that whole team's on fire and he's kind of um quarterbacking a lot of that right now he's got uh four points on the power play right now had 19 last year so i could see him uh, reaching up close to that 20 points again on the power play which is nice for fantasy teams um i think petrangelo is moving his way into top five status among our among d-men if he's not already there and uh and and that's no stretch like you mentioned um since shattenkirk left he's been pretty elite d yeah i i don't know if it's the result of shattenkirk being gone but he's you know kind of had that brent burns type shot production this year from the back end he's got 38 shots (laughs) in 10 games on pace uh, for 312 yeah, which is crazy, right? Um, and like Beef said, he's been great on the power play. And I think his 12.7 on a shooting percentage, you know, it's bound to come down to earth a little bit. But if he keeps shooting like this, I definitely think he can be a top five fantasy D-man at the end of the year. Yeah, like, I mean, he's almost on pace for as many shots as he had in the previous two seasons combined. Uh, like, he, he's kind of just got this new shoot-first mentality. And, like, when you I've, – I've tuned into a ton of Blues games because, I honestly, I think I stack uh, – Schwartz and Shen on DraftKings almost every single night just because I love them. Not a bad approach um, lately. And yeah, it's been excellent. It's been working very well. So I've been tuning into a lot of blues. And man, every time the like as soon as the puck touches Petrangelo's tape, like he's just ripping it on net, and, and it's awesome. And I mean, obviously, if you have the Brent Burns Super mentality Brent. of of shoot first, it's not going to uh, not going to be a bad thing. I mean, three hundred. You shoot the puck three hundred times, it's going to go in at least twenty. 
you'd think, at least. Yeah, uh, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, let's move back to another forward here, uh, playing on one of the, uh, probably actually the hottest line in the NHL through the first couple weeks, and that's Vladislav Nemesnikov. I, I mean, what can you say? We talked about him a couple weeks, a couple a little bit last week, sorry, uh, Kucherov and Stamkos didn't really touch on Nemesnikov at all, but he's got f- quietly, I mean, he's not leading the league like the other two, but he's quietly got four goals, seven assists, 11 points through his first 10 games. Uh, D, start with you. What do you, like, I mean, I, I guess the one thing is obvious uh, we should point out is it, is his value basically just directly tied to Kucherov <laughs> and Stamkos? Well, you know, I'm not as high on Nemesnikov as you guys are. Um He's shooting 17.4% on a shooting percentage of 14.3. That's obviously super high. Uh, Stamkos has been out of this world this year. And I think, you know, as a result, that's kind of driven up Nemestikov's production as well. Um, and I think with his usage, he obviously still has some value moving forward. But it, to me, like his production is bound to fall off. His career high of 35 points coming into this year. He's playing a little bit more, but not that much. Uh, he's obviously in a good spot to build off that and get a nice career high, but I'd still be surprised to see him end up with much more than 50 points. Yeah, you know what? I I guess I remember we talked about it. I think it was one of the preseason episodes. I think we were all a little bit higher on Braden Point, who's also had a pretty good start uh, than Nemestikov. Mm-hmm. But I remember on that episode, the one thing we kept talking about was that the real knock on Nemestikov is that he's not, he just doesn't shoot the puck. Like he does, like maybe, you know, just over a shot per game throughout his career, which is obviously, you know, not what something you want out of a fantasy uh, player. But now all of a sudden this year playing with these guys, uh, he's on pace for over 82 games to have 189 shots, which is not, you know, nothing too crazy, but it's a lot. It's almost, you know, similar to Petrangelo, almost the amount that he had in the last two years combined. So he's shooting a lot more than he normally does. Um, and you know, with an on ice or sorry, a career shooting percentage of twelve point six, if he can keep the shooting percent or sorry, the shot volume up, he could be a guy that touches twenty this year. Uh, you know, and he's only had twenty four in the previous two years. But again, I think it's a lot. You know, a lot of it's tied to Kucherov and Stamkos. But uh, Biebs, what do you think about Nemestikov? Yeah, I think he's one of those guys, like you said, who it's directly correlated with who he's playing with. So just kind of keep an eye on his line. You guys pretty much hit most of it. I think he's he's bound to obviously break past his 35 points. Um, and uh, this is a guy who's kind of, you know, he's been limited in minutes over the years. Um, so maybe this could be his break. But I, I, if you can move him now for a bigger piece or a decently big piece, I would say do it. Because um, anything could happen and, uh, and he could easily be on the third, fourth, yeah, maybe not fourth line, but third line out there in Tampa, and then he doesn't really have much fantasy value. I guess that, um, sorry, but I definitely do like him now. No, that's it. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say because the one thing, like outside of maybe the three M line in Calgary, like how often do you see a line stick together for an entire year? Like, sure, they're gonna be together for now while they're on fire, but Tampa loses two, three in a row. You know, they break it up, then somebody else like Braden Point goes up there and they tear it up, and then they, you know, maybe now he stays there. Like, it, it is just that yeah. easy, I, and that's why, I, like. Like he Kucherov and Stamkos are going to do their own thing, regardless of who they play with. And I mm-hmm. guess kind of right now, while I don't know, I just don't like having guys where you have to just rely on their line mates because it, it can yeah. so easily just be moved to another line and then all of his trade value is gone. Um, so mm-hmm. I I tend to agree with you, Beebs, move him a little bit. But uh, this is another guy who who had pretty good production at lower levels too. So you never know. Um, <clears throat> but I guess it's all dependent on you know what the offer is coming. Or the player coming back. Uh, 
So let's take a look at another forward here. Uh, Logan Couture, D, I know you're a big fan of Couture. I've never been a huge fan of Logan Couture for I don't really know why. I don't really have a reasoning behind it. Um, But, again, similar to Schwartz and Shen, I've been playing him a lot on DraftKings this year, and last week it worked very well. Um, So he's growing on me a little bit. But, D, what do you think about Logan Couture moving forward after 10 points through his first eight games? I mean, there's obviously more opportunity in San Jose this year, um, and he certainly cashed in on that. But another guy who's just bound to come back to earth a little bit, he's shooting 31.8%. Crazy oh, that's attainable, 15, is it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. 15.3% on ice. Um, so, again, well, I still think he holds some fantasy value. And I, I, I kind of liked him just because it was one of those situations where I feel like the market value kind of fell so far down because he had a few disappointing fantasy seasons and you know how people tend to remember that um so he needs to shoot the puck more straight up if he ever wants to get back to you know that kind of career high 67 point production that he had um so i would kind of expect him to fall uh more towards his 50 point form soon um because yeah he just straight up doesn't shoot the puck enough yeah i think uh the like he, as of right now, he looks like a little bit kind of like the steal of the draft early on because he was going a lot later than I think he, he should have because, mm-hmm. you know, he, some injury plagued years. But he's looking good so far. Uh, before I throw it to you, Biebs, I just want to throw as well, uh, currently carrying a 58.2 Corsi 4 percentage. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if that continues, I uh, you know, that bodes well for his continued success. But you're right, D. He just does, does need to shoot the puck a little bit more. Uh, Biebs, anything to add on Couture? No, he's really just kind of like shorts too. You just you, you know you always worry about a guy like this with the health concerns over the over the years. Um, he's only had two, well, one full season and then one season where he played eighty. So we'll call it two full seasons, and uh, that's across a nine-year career. So I mean, uh, you just you just kind of got to hope he stays healthy. And if he does, I see him more as a sixty-point guy there. Um, I think you guys said most of it. Okay, Biebs, we'll start with you on this one. I'm going to lump these two guys together because I think they're in pretty similar situations. Uh, High-end talent, but kind of on just dog shit teams. Uh, so Clayton Keller, obviously, uh, there's he's gotten a lot of love on this podcast uh, throughout yeah. the preseason and through the first couple weeks of the season for obvious reasons. Uh, six goals, four assists, ten points in his first nine games of the year. Uh, and then Dylan Larkin also, uh, he has one goal, eight assists, so nine points through his first 10 games. So I guess my question to you, Biebs, is um, do you like either of these players to kind of continue what they've got going on? And uh, which or which player do you have more faith in uh, going forward? Okay, so um, first off, uh, we've kind of just been all about Clayton Keller um, since we started. And as we should be, and I'm kind of going to continue that trend. Um, so I'm just going to, I'll go Keller and then I'll go, I'll go Lark and I'll tell you which one I'd rather have. But as far as Keller goes, absolutely. Um, I, I don't, maybe not, um, maybe not sustainable as far as goals go. He has six goals on 34 shots, but he is getting, he's averaging about four shots a game right now, which is, that's not bad. Um, if you need plus minus, then that's about the only knock I have against Keller. He's playing 20 minutes almost every night right now. He is the go-to scorer on a crappy team, but we've talked about it before. Um, somebody has to score goals, somebody has to get points, and Keller's that guy in Arizona right now. And uh and he, he's doing it um almost every night it seems like he's he's got points in his last four um and a couple multi point games in, in there too. Um so as you can guess, I like Keller more than Larkin. Although Larkin uh Larkin had a super down year last year, so I think people are gonna remember that. So if you can get him now, I would uh I like him kind of as a 
he's not really a buy low at this point, but kind of a buy low off of last year's statistics. Um, he's only 21 still. So this is a guy who. So he's got experience. I think he is uh, him and Manthar are pretty nice. Young players, right. So kind of like them both. I don't see Clark keep it up. I see him kind of have 50, 60 point year. And then Keller, I could see him having a uh, 60, 60 plus couple, couple more than that point year as well. Yeah, D, how about you? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I definitely like Keller more than Larkin. Uh, I think Keller has a little bit more potential uh, to be, I guess, carry a little more fantasy value this year. Uh, Larkin, I think, to me, is still more of like a bottom-of-the-roster guy. I think if he can break 50 points, it bodes well for him moving forward in his career. Um, but like I said, I, I feel like Keller kind of has more of, uh, you know, kind of like a 60-point potential right now. Yeah, um, so I would take Keller over Larkin moving forward. Yeah, I mean, like... I'm a Wings fan, and I'd definitely take Keller over Larkin. Uh, I, I just think Larkin's just more of a complimentary player, a guy that likes to use his speed a lot, uh, but needs mm-hmm. good line mates to kind of really do anything. And we've seen him and Mantha play really, really well together. Uh, most of his production came when he was playing with Mantha at the start of the year. Uh, then they tried to kind of balance the lines out a little bit. Uh, granted, he did get moved to play into a line with a fucking anchor and just an ablocator, uh, which will never, which will never help your production. Uh, but he's back with Mantha now, so I mean, like when he's playing with guys like Mantha, I really think that he can be uh, a quality forward. Um, I just, I don't know, he's not shooting the puck as much as he did the last years, last two years. Which, so I don't really love his potential for getting back to twenty goals because you know if you're not shooting the puck, you're not going to be scoring. Um, but I do think, especially while he's playing with Manta, uh, which I expect them to spend a lot of time together this year, I think he still has, you know, 30-plus assist upside. But I think really, you know, he's more of just like a 15-goal, 30-assist guy, at least at this stage still. Mm-hmm. Uh, 45 points, I think I would be, you know, I, I'd be happy with that as a Red Wings fan, especially they're not going to be very good. Uh, but speaking <laughs> of not very good, I mean, the Coyotes still looking for their first win of the year. Yeah, which, that is crazy. <laughs> which, you know what, I, I think uh, I, I think that's what makes Keller's start just all the more impressive. Um, yep. 10 points, 9 games, 6 goals, and they don't even f***ing win. Like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, 4.2 relative course. Like, he's their best player, probably. Yeah, if uh, they could get anything going, he gets better. Like that's, And that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, right now, he's on pace for an exceptional 310 shots. Um, which is insane. Uh, so obviously, I just talked about Larkin's shots being down. Keller's is ridiculously up, and if he can do this when they're losing, what happens when they win a game six two? Or well, yeah. they probably won't ever win six two. They'll probably win six five. Uh, but <laughs> like uh, Keller's just dirty. I'm not going to champion him any more than we already have on the show because we've talked about him. I think for four weeks in a row now. So we'll move along a little bit. Uh, but let's do another would-you-rather type of deal. Two young defensemen. We'll start with Mr. Kel Sergachev and Brandon Montour. Um, do, or, sorry, D, who do you like? Uh, I would say Sergachev. He's been super productive and very little ice time. Uh, he's a lot of upside, but he definitely needs to play more than 12 minutes a night like he is right now to kind of sustain this production. Uh, Montour, on the other hand, is playing 20 minutes a night. He's got a high on ice and shooting percentage. He's played well, but I have a hard time imagining being rosterable by the end of the season, uh, to be quite honest with you. So to me, it's not really close. I think Sergachev, like I said, has a lot of upside. He's a young, talented player on a superly offensive, talented A superly uh, offensive. That's the, new, that's the name of this podcast. <laughs> Episode 8, superly offensive. I was getting there. Um, but yeah, like I said, he's going to have to play more, and he probably will. Uh, you can't really 
uh, go full 82 games with having uh, your six D men playing only 12 minutes a night. Granted, uh, though, they do they do play seven a lot, like more often than they don't. Right. Okay. Well, um, still, I would imagine that, like I said, goes uh, moves up going forward. But at the same time, he's been as good in 12 minutes as Montour has in 20 minutes a night. So. Yeah, the one thing that's crazy, and, like, people have been bitching to me about it, like, nonstop, like, it's my fault. But, like, one night I'll put <laughs> Sergachev on PP2 because that's where he played the night before. And then the next night, it's all Strawman. So then I'll have Strawman on there so people don't pick Sergachev in DraftKings. And then Sergachev's on the power play, and then he scores. It's like, and then people are like, what They're the fuck? You. What are you doing, man? I'm like, come on. Like, it's not my fault. <laughs> I'm not the coach. you on the minute updates yeah and it's somehow just, to switch the mid game when the coach decides that you know strawman's not working so let's try out trigger attack yeah it's just i mean and i agree here's another guy that i think we've championed on the podcast probably more than we should have i we talked about how much we love circuit you know we all are from windsor we saw him play for the spitfire so we all kind of had like an inside look at how good he is for a, yep. you know a lot a lot more years than other people have uh and he's just uber talented. I, but you know what? I like Montour too. I don't really. I just like both of them really. Uh, the Did you mean to compare Windsor alerts, by the way? Kind of, but not really. I just. I, okay. They're just two guys that we talk about a lot, and I don't. I kind of wanted to see who you guys liked more. Uh, for me, I honestly can't pick between the two of them. Um, I yeah. think if like they were playing similar minutes, I think it's an obvious uh, Sergachev. Uh, but right now, I mean, it's tough when he's playing 12 minutes a night. Montour, I think, like, obviously he's seeing ridiculously large minutes, but I talked about it last week. Even when those other guys get healthy, I think he, he's not going to be the one to lose ice time. The guys around him are. Um, but yeah. now Fowler's out for a month, too, so he's going to continue to see even Like, right now he's PP1. I think when Vatnin gets back, might go down to PP2, but... Uh, he's still going to play a ton of minutes, and I, I like like I like Montour a lot going forward. But I mean, Sergachev, like shit, if he plays 16 minutes a night, even with you know two minutes on the power play, he's going to be crazy uh, effective. And just way to go, Montreal! Just another great move by you guys. <laughs> My one thing about Montour is he's kind of just dominated offensively at every level that he's played at. In the USHL, he had more than a point per game. Um, in the AHL, he had just below a point per game, which we know how impressive that is even as a forward to do. That kind of stands out as a young forward, and he's doing it as a defenseman. Um, I, I, I love Montour. I think he's kind of – I think he was a diamond in the Roth or that draft kind of. He went, he went late in the second round, and I think, uh, I think he's going to break into a lot better player than people thought. But I agree. Um, I think we, if you toss him up in the air – my difference with Sergachev is um, just the people, the team around him. And that team's on fire right now. Um, if they can stay looking like the best team in hockey, I like Sergachev. But I mean, they're both great guys to have right now. Like it, it's a toss-up. If you have one or the other, that's that's pretty good for me. Yeah, Montour is just I. We talked about this. I, I, I can't think, believe his AHL numbers. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this a hundred times already. It's just like it's obvious how much the Ducks loved him when they let Shea Theodore go to Vegas. Yeah. Like that, that says a lot. Like that's internally, if the, if the team likes him that much to let somebody like Shea Theodore go to make sure like, you know, they still have him on tour around. I think it says a lot. Uh, so I'll, I don't know. It's tough, but uh, Biebs, this is a guy that you probably have seen a shitload of this year. Uh, and he's been off to a great start. Your boy, Tyson Berry, uh, two goals, six assists, eight points in nine games. What do you think uh, about his start? Um, obviously I don't think he's a point per game player. 
Um, but I do think that he is a uh, a very, very good fantasy option um, as far as D-men go. Uh, he's coming off, uh, he's averaging about 52 points between the last two years, which is not bad for a fantasy D-men. If you can have that as your second or third D-men. Super that's, good. That's, Pretty nice, or pretty nice. Um, he's a guy who's not going to be moved off the top power play unit. He's ran it for the last five years, and they don't um, even nothing. have a single other defenseman there. Exactly. <laughs> um, he and and honestly, he's one of those guys where like when you watch him play, like uh, personally, he's working on his defensive game. But that doesn't matter for fantasy. Like if you're looking at that, you love it because he's all offense and uh, and he's a phenomenal skater. Last year, he he had a, a couple injuries and in that, and just that whole team sucked ass, and he was still put up 38 points. Um, I think he's a very he's a very nice option. Uh, and if you can still you know trade with people who are like, oh, I don't want any Colorado guys because they're they're going to be the worst in the league, then you know make that happen. Because uh, I do like him a lot. But obviously, again, not a point per game guy. But I could see him getting back to that fifty point uh, plateau again, and uh, maybe even a couple more. Still young too, twenty six. Um, so yeah. Yeah, like he's obviously going to cool down a little bit. Uh, but this is also the same guy who's been tied for 14th among defensemen in points over the last four years. I mean, that's no yeah. small feat whatsoever. That's impressive numbers. Uh, and then, like, again, they might not be the greatest team, but they're a lot better than they were last year by the looks of things. I still think he's just, you know, a, a double-digit goal scorer, 30-plus assists, which is a, a, great, Very nice, uh, a yeah. great fantasy number two defenseman. So, uh, there's I don't know. D, is there anything else you'd like to add on Barry? Uh, no, that, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, you also just need to be aware of the fact that he's going to rack up a lot of minuses playing in Colorado. Yep. Um, but yeah, nice to see him off to a good start. Should put him in a prime spot to get back to 50 points again. Uh, but again, nothing more than a two or three fantasy demon. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, we, I always think about talking about it and I just never want to even bring up plus minus. Uh, it's just such a joke that it's still a fantasy stat. Uh, I know, but it, it, it is it, like a team stat, though. So no, exactly. It's pretty predictable, but it, it's annoying to have to deal with. It's funny because a uh, friend of the show, Steven Sue, is also part of the DFO Division One league. He today he was also like, beat me last week. Did he? Yeah, he's first place <laughs> right now. I think he's first yeah. place. But uh, he's he he, he messaged us uh, like, why the hell are Pims a fantasy category when it's a negative effect on your team? And I completely agree. I've never understood that. It's just the standard. Yeah, and he's and he's bitched at me since day one that it needed to be a points league, not a categories league. And he always says that points leagues are better. Than, and I don't disagree with him. But I just went with the standard Yahoo league to make because I'm sure I love that's what categories mo- leagues. I uh, see. I think they're. Terrible, but whatever. It is what it is to each their own. Uh, before we head to the Blue Stones, let's talk about two goaltenders that have had hot starts. I know they're voodoo, uh, but let's see if we can break them down a little bit. D, your favorite topic. Let's start with you. Andre Vasilevsky, eight wins and nine starts, 222 goals against, 936 save percentage, one shutout. Um, I know early in the preseason episodes, we had some, a lot of questions about this guy. Uh, we all had him pretty solidly as a high-end number two mid number two fantasy option somewhere between you know 15 16 17 in there uh but we had a couple guys asking if he could be top five and i think my exact quote was shooting for the fucking moon uh when talking about him potentially being a top five guy but right now uh top goalie in fantasy hockey is this sustainable is this flash in the pan what's going on here with the voodoo d uh, it's hard to tell. He's 23 years old, right? So he's certainly at a point in his career where his play could still be improving year to year. Um, you know, but the bottom line is he's in a prime spot in Tampa Bay. Uh, 
time will tell if he can continue his own elite play in production with the 936 save percentage. But even a league average save percentage like he posted last year, I think is enough to be a great fantasy goalie in Tampa. Um, whether or not he'll finish in that top five, like I said, is I think going to come down to his own play and whether or not he can keep it up and continue to be like a, a 920 plus guy. Um, but either way, I think he's in a great spot moving forward. Yeah, I think we made it pretty well known that we thought that the top 10 was a distinct possibility. I think we all kind of saw the upside there. It was pretty obvious. I don't think we were alone in that. Uh, top five, I still think, is a little reachy, uh, if that's a word. Mike Ricci. Uh, but, <laughs> Great throwback mullet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm not ready to proclaim him as a you know a top five fantasy netminder. It's not ready. Uh, but he's close. I just like I've seen I've seen him make a number of massive saves already this season. Um, but I think more impressively, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but he's faced the most high danger scoring chances of any goalie in the NHL so far, and he's still put up these numbers. So he's not just making saves; like he's making huge saves. Um, and I mean, that's obviously not a great thing if your team continues to give up those kind of scoring chances. But um, the Lightning are also in like the bottom t- third of the league in go- in shots on goal uh, against per game. So uh, I think that maybe the you know the most high danger scoring probably chances against more it has, than an and it has a lot probably to do with the fact that he's played more than anybody. Uh, but he's still he's yeah. up there in like the percentage of high danger scoring chances faced. Uh, so uh, I For think sure. they'll need to cut that down. But the fact that he's still posting these numbers with that, if they do cut that down at all, it's going to be even easier on him. Uh, I, I think he's for sure a top 10 at this point. Top five, we'll see. They're, they're yeah, dirty. Last, that team is dirty. He's last year's Cam Talbot to me. Um, I think kind of like breaks out with a 930 and just gets a crap ton of wins. Yeah, that, that's the one thing. Time. Like, Even if he has like a 918 save percentage, like he okay, might, he might win 40 games. Yeah. yeah, and I think that the one in front of him is so nasty. And I think the one thing that had me hesitant to really say top five, top ten for sure was we didn't really because he was so young. And he's a first time starter. We really didn't know what they were going to do with him. Whether it was going to be fifty yeah. starts, um, and he struggled but, when he's had that just his role. Yeah, um, but and then but then this year now I think he's played eight of nine or I think nine of ten tonight. Uh, so the Budai backing up out there, yeah. Peter Budai. So like, and he's yeah. been a serviceable backup. That's, I think that's the one thing that had us kind of hesitant was we didn't know if he was going to see 60, 65 starts. If he does, he's for sure top ten. If he sees, yeah. if he saw and fifty, it looks like he's gonna. If he saw exactly, if he saw fifty, then you know he's a little bit more risky. But I mean, if he start, now, now that we see, At this what rate, we know, your biggest worry is a burnout. Yeah, exactly. Anything else to add on uh, Vassy there, Beebs? No, I like him a lot. Um, I honestly, I was even thinking top five, um, and that's strictly just because of the wins. This guy can, uh, you know, if you can get two, three wins a week out of your goalie, that's like, I mean, that's a stretch. But if you can get that, that can almost win that whole category for you. And then if you have, I mean, if you have other goalies who are also playing well, I, I think this guy's slowly coming into uh, into top five territory. And, uh, and it, I, I love watching it because there's so much excitement in Tampa right now, and it's awesome. Yeah, I think before we move on, I think the one thing that, specifically us, we don't talk about enough. I don't know if other people do uh, focus on shit like this, but he's also in the Atlantic where it's a lot weaker division than, you know, the, definitely the Metro, but, like, he gets to play the Red Wings and the Sabres at the very least. Like, that's 16 games out of the year, or 14 games or whatever it is. So he's in a little bit weaker division. He's going to play some softer opponents more often than not. I mean, he also still has to play the Leafs a shitload. Uh, but the Canadians look like dog shit. 
The Bruins are meh. Like, so he's going to not face as stiff a competition night in and night out. And I think that's one thing that people don't talk about enough. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's a little bit more obvious to me as a Wings fan because I know every time we play Tampa, we just lose. So, <laughs> I think that's going to be um, the case for a lot of teams with Tampa this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but let's talk about one more goalie before we get to the Blue Stones. D, he's your favorite. I know he is. Jonathan Quick. <laughs> he's favorite. 215 goals against, 934 save percentage, one shutout so far. Jonathan Quick off to a blazing start. I know I had him ranked super high this preseason. And I took a lot of flack for it from you dickheads. Uh, but so far, so good. The Kings look ridiculously good. I, what? I even though, that. even though, like they, I don't know how they're good. I still don't get it. But they're they look good. Uh, D, what do you think about Johnny Quick? Uh, obviously, don't like him moving forward. I, like I say, he's a fine fantasy goalie. I think I still had him in my top ten towards the bottom of it. Um, but you can't expect the 934 to continue. He's only yeah. finished with a save percentage above 920 once in his career, and that was six years ago. And I'm with you, Brock. I still don't feel like the Kings are all that good. Um, so, yeah, he's obviously got off to a great start, but still not a top-five fantasy goalie and would be utterly shocked to see him finish with a uh, save percentage you know, above 925 or 930 even um, at the end of the year. So, yeah, guy sucks yeah. still. No, I... <laughs> I absolutely agree. Um, I, I definitely had him top 10 still, too. But I, I didn't obviously expect this, but I don't think anyone did. Um, I think they're kind of getting a little bit of Vegas luck right now in L.A. And they're uh, they're winning winning games that are they're not going to win in a month's time. Um, I, I, I like Quick. Obviously, every year you do. But I'm, I'm with D. I think he's going down to a, at least a 920 by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, this is what the, the Kings are literally the most statistical anomaly like in the history of anything like they make no sense like this guy comes out and he posts a 950 in like every year and it has great win totals great goals against because they never give up shots now all of a sudden the kings are playing high event hockey and he's got a 934 like how does this make sense yeah in the last in the last five years they'd never given up more than 27.5 shots on goal per game always lower than that this year they're giving up Five more shots per game, and he's got his best numbers. I mean, it's obviously still early. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get them at all. This is going to come down big time. But I still think he's a solid number one. Again, 920. Yeah. 920, like you Maybe guys said. Two. Yeah, like high, yeah, like similar to what we Low had. Low end one. High end two. I just, this team makes no sense to me. Like, Alex, I have yeah. follow. Who are you? Yeah, Dustin Brown's still a hero and fantasy <laughs> relevant. So, I mean, that makes sense. Dude, he actually looked super good against the Leafs, D. You got to admit. He did. And that Kempfei guy or whatever they got, I think that's his name. Did he you see that clip of uh, of Dowdy, Kopitar, and Brown arguing over who had to cover that's, Carlson the other yeah, day in overtime? That was hilarious. Like, yeah, we're... <laughs> they asked Brown, and he was like, "What? No, no, no you take him." <laughs> Is that? A... Yeah, I'll take uh, what's his face. That's Buddy hilarious. Here. But anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, let's uh, fire it over to the Blue Stones here. That's the oh. first half of the show. The second half will be a little bit shorter, but we're going to talk about a couple guys. Uh, that are struggling out of the gate and whether or not we think they can pick it up or if they're doomed forever. Uh, But before we do that, I also have a quick 10-minute interview with Kyle Crichet, who's a writer with me over at Wings Nation. He has a hilarious uh, 
thing going on right now. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'm not even gonna tease it. I'll awesome just let I'll just let you guys talk. It's awesome. It's hilarious. It's raising money for a great cause in a great way. So, uh, right after the Blue Stones, you'll hear my quick interview with Kyle Cliche, and then we'll be back uh, with some guys. Whether or not I'm gonna pick it up, or again, they're screwed forever. So enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. So pick up your bags and we can start something new again. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Kyle Crichet uh, from Run Over the Bud, something he started this year. It's starting to gain some traction. Uh, what were you on, Hockey Night in Canada today, I think I saw? Yeah, it was it was through CBC Sports, uh, a guy named Steve who actually used to, I, I think he used to write a little bit at the, the Leafs Nation Network website there. And uh, he messaged me kind of out of the blue after I got this thing going and uh, asked if he could do a, a quick spot on CBC, and then it, it bounced around from there. That's awesome. So, Kyle, I guess first, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of just introduce what Run Over the Buds is and, and what you're trying to accomplish here. Yeah, sounds good. So uh, I'm Kyle Krisha. I currently live in Hamilton, Ontario. I'm from uh, Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, the idea behind run over the buds was uh i've been a long time detroit red wings fan i write myself a little bit over at the wings nation uh but more so just enjoyed uh hating on the leafs for the last you know however many years where it's been super easy all my buds are leaf fans uh you know living in southern ontario all you kind of hear about constantly is is the Leafs blah blah so these you know whether it's a Boston game seven collapse or <laughs> just a, a regular horrible season it's always been fun to kind of rag on them and then this year started and you know expectations were high and they come out the gate with seven goals against the Jets and then eight against the Rangers and you're just watching you're like what is going on here <laughs> and so uh I was getting uh pretty rattled a little upset getting chirped pretty regularly uh by uh by by my friends and uh so i decided to turn uh that negative energy into something positive so i started run over the buds basically the idea behind it is for every goal the Leafs score this season and in the playoffs if they uh can manage to make it uh i'm going to both run one kilometer and try to raise five dollars for uh you can play uh the inclusive charity that works with uh every team in the nhl and uh now the running one kilometer may not seem that much to most people but i am far from fit you know 235 foot 10 so running is not exactly my uh a strength or something i even enjoy so it's a little <laughs> bit a little bit of punishment and uh this way i go about it trying to get 
I felt like doing something like this gets both the Leaf fans on board and, you know, the people like me who despise them. I think we can all kind of get a laugh out of it and hopefully uh, raise some money for charity. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'm in the same boat as you, man. Uh, all my buddies are Leafs fans. Uh, one of my co-hosts, Dylan, uh, I was hoping he was going to hop on here with us because I think it would have been cool to have a little bit of Leafs perspective as well. But he was unable to make it, but I'm in the same boat. Like, you know, it's at the same time as it's fun to watch them, it's just infuriating to finally see them be good. Uh, something that we're just not used to. I mean, like, we were used to being the dominant team for 25 years. I mean, like, my whole life they made the playoffs, the Red Wings, that is. And now yeah, it's yeah. now it's kind of the complete opposite it's really really painful but i mean i guess like we couldn't expect them to be terrible forever or the red wings to be great forever now here we are it's uh i guess the one thing that's hilarious is they really haven't given you a night off yet have they no like i am we're both i think watching the game right now and they've already got three against the canes which they haven't scored less than three yet so i've been i've been running so what are you doing? Like, are you if they score three, is like your objective? Like the next day, get out and run three. Or are you kind of some days just accumulating over a couple games, then smashing it all out in one day? How how are you kind of managing it right now? Uh, I try and do them in, in blasts of between five and six kilometers. Like I think the furthest I've run is like last night I did six point one kilometers. Uh, but you know, I commute for work and we work nine hour days, so it's it's whenever I can get away. I usually get home make dinner, put the baby to bed, and then uh, if if I can squeeze away, uh, I, I get out there for, you know, it only takes about 40 minutes, so it, it's still pretty quick, but it's it's always painful. Like, I think I've run run twice in the rain already. Like, oh, yeah. Something I would, I would never do. If it was just me trying to, you know, be the best at exercising or something, I would have gave up a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but this, especially with, you know, uh, Steve putting this CBC article up for me, it, it's holding me accountable too, you know. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know what? That's a it's a lot of running early on, but you know what? By the time December maybe rolls around or January, it's going to be super easy. Maybe you can start. Hopefully, even just the leaf starts scoring a little bit less and make it a little easier on you. Uh, before we hopped on here, I took a look at the last two decades of of NHL seasons, and right now the 2017-18 Maple Leafs are the highest scoring team through nine games at 4.44 goals per game. Uh, the next highest full season. Uh, would be the 2009-10 Washington Capitals, who we all know were just an absolute juggernaut. Killers, They, they yeah. averaged 3.82 goals per game. So the Leafs right now are just you know absolutely on fire. It's still super early. Um, I don't think they're going to score 4.44 goals per game for the entire season, at least hopefully not you know for your sake. Um, but Kyle, why don't you just let uh, some of our listeners know how they can get involved and, and support what you're doing here? Because I just think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I just, you know, they may be scoring 4.44 per game, but I I got two things that are kind of keeping me going. One, uh, there's always February, which are just historically phenomenal for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. (laughs) So um, hopefully we get another February collapse. But also, it's also perspective. Like, I remember a time not that long ago where you couldn't sign on to the internet or, or read a story online. That wasn't talking about, you know, Grabowski, Coolmint, and, and, you know, those Leafs being, you know, the ones that are going to, you know, break this this parade. Watching this game tonight, we're seeing footage from the 1967 parade. So I just <laughs> keep thinking, you know, the higher they go, the harder they fall. And uh, that's, that's keeping me going. But if you want to check it out online, uh, everything is basically run through the run over the buds tag. So if you're on Twitter, it's just at run over the buds. 
Instagram, same thing. Just search it up, Run Over the Buds. There is a Facebook page as well. You can find the link. Uh, pin tweet at the top of my Twitter feed has the link right to the fundraiser. I think we're at just under 300 bucks right now. So I think we've come pretty close to matching the $5 uh, per goal. I set the goal at about 2000 which is, is probably a little more than 5 bucks a goal, if, if they, even if they kept scoring at this clip. Um, but hopefully I'd love to raise at least 2000 and even more would be amazing. But, you know, whatever, whatever people can uh, spare is, is much appreciated. Yeah, I think the one thing that I found so cool uh, about the CBC article I read today was that um, I think, what was it, if, if they continue to score at this clip, uh, the amount of kilometers that you would have to run is almost exactly uh, from, what, the ACC to the uh, to Little Caesars Arena or something like that? To the Pizza Arena, yeah, to the New Rick, yeah, which is which is insane to think. Like, obviously, I'm doing it in these small little chunks, and I'm I'm no runner, but that's that's a crazy long distance. Yeah, that's and, and just what are the chances that it's literally from one yeah, rate to the net? Like that's up. just that the way that it lines up is incredible. Um, that like just reading that kind of blew my mind. He threw it there just in the end of the article, and I was like, that is exceptional. Um, <laughs> but no, Kyle, this is unbelievable, dude. I absolutely love it. Uh, I, I just you know as soon as I read about, it, I'm like, okay, we got to get him on the podcast because uh, our listeners have been more than helpful. Uh, in, you know, donating to us to keep this podcast going. So I know uh, they you know they're willing to help out. So hopefully. Uh, getting on this podcast, you know, our listeners can help you because it is great. I know we have a bunch of Leafs listeners as well because Dylan always gets a lot of loves on this on this podcast. So <laughs> yep. I know, uh, you know, I think if the Leafs can maybe, it'll be a bit of a karma thing. If Leaf fans, you know, think they can donate to this, that the Leafs will keep uh, scoring and make you run even more. But that it's just unreal, dude. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. And I think it's, a, you know, just an excellent thing to do. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, no problem. So like I said, uh, if you guys feel like donating to Kyle, uh, it's a great cause. Uh, I've, you know, even just this past year, I donated to You Can Play because I made a, a, a terrible bet. In hindsight, I, I bet I would donate $5 for every single point the Leafs beat the Red Wings by in the standings. And obviously the Wings were on the outside Ooh. looking in and the and the uh, the Leafs were in the playoffs. But obviously they didn't beat it by that much. It was no $2,000. Uh, so hopefully you guys can help Kyle <laughs> reach his goal. Uh, I know I'm going to pull out my checkbook and help him out a little bit uh, because this is just an awesome cause. And, uh, you know, even more important, not more importantly, but even better than the cause, just the idea. I don't know how you came up with this. It's just unreal. Um, and it's a great way to get in shape and, you know, kind of get your frustrations out when they score six goals or seven goals or eight goals. And, um, I th- before I let you go, isn't there a little uh, clause in there about shutouts as well? Yeah, so if if the Leafs do get shut out, which right now looks like it's uh, not happening anytime soon, but when they do get shut out, I'll, I'll donate fifty bucks myself each time to the to the campaign. And just a little side note about the campaign: everything is run through the website uh, that is linked on the Twitter and on the Facebook and the Instagram page. It's all in Canadian dollars. So if you got some American listeners, you know, five bucks Canadian, that's like forty cents or whatever American. So <laughs> it's not that much, and none of the money actually actually comes to me it's held in through that website and it will go directly to you can play from there i'm not going to touch it you got no worries about it uh you know disappearing in february or march or something awesome man well kyle thank you so much for coming on the show uh and you know what hopefully the red wings will uh you know be lingering around come postseason obviously doesn't look very promising right now uh falling for dolan buddy there you go (laughs) that's it i can't believe we're uh we're hoping to lose at this point in our in our i know i still can't like i still can't fully embrace it 
but you know I'll, I'll watch a game like you know i'm seeing that tonight oh we're playing tampa bay for the second time in like two weeks and then uh, you know i feel a little better thinking you know at least well we'll probably get slaughtered again but it works in the long term yeah i went heavy in on the lightning on DraftKings tonight because every single time we seem to play these guys it's just it's just yeah taking us to the slaughterhouse pretty much uh but yeah, you know, the one thing for sure that I guess I've been, uh, you being from Toronto, not as lucky as me, I've been a Detroit Lions fan my whole life as well. So I'm a little bit used to the, the whole losing and uh, low expectations thing. So I guess I'm kind of groomed for what, what's to come with the Red Wings, but uh, still, it's never fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it had to come sometime. You know, literally since the year I was born, last year was the first year we missed the playoffs. Yeah, so I, 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 can't, I can't whine at all. No, we've been uh, we've been pretty much blessed for you know over two decades, so it's awesome. But anyways, Kyle, I'll let you go. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're gonna have to make a nice run tomorrow by the looks of this thing, or or in the next couple yeah. of days, the way this is going tonight. But thanks for coming on, and good luck this year. Yeah, thanks again, man. Welcome back to season three, episode eight of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Kyle. Great interview. With with Kyle Cliche. I hope you guys go out and support him because it's just a hilarious cause. Uh, D, I was hoping you would maybe get in on that interview with me. I know you're eating dinner. I just want to get your input a little bit as a Leafs fan. Uh, What do you think about the whole idea? Uh, I think it's great. You know, I don't support hating other people, but to each their own. And uh, raise money for a good cause, and I guess it's what it's all about, right? Yeah. So, would you be willing to run a kilometer for every goal you score this year? I can't run that much. It's a lot of kilometers, man. Yeah. So, I, the the listeners just heard it, but I don't think you guys heard about it. But uh, it was in CBC today, and if the Leafs were to continue their current scoring pace for the remainder of the season, uh, the amount of kilometers that he would have had to run would have worked out almost perfectly uh, from running from the ACC to Little Caesars Arena. How crazy is that? <laughs> like, what are the chances? Like, that is so insane. And then just to think that that's how far he's going to have run by the end of the year. Uh, obviously, we were talking about it the least. It's going to be difficult if for that. If it to- lands exactly on, I will, I will do that run with him. <laughs> yeah. That, but, no, they, they have to average, like, four and a half goals per game for an entire season. So uh, I don't foresee that happening. But – uh, again, thanks for thanks to Kyle, and I hope you guys go out and support him because uh, I just think not only is it a great cause, it's just like a, a hilarious thing to do. I absolutely love it. Uh, I wish I would have thought of it because I could use a couple runs uh, <laughs> after drinking and all not, these. Not uh, the bathroom kind. No, drinking all these beers in the podcast, you know, it takes a toll on the bot. Uh, but do you guys want to talk about <laughs> some guys who should pick it up or what? Yeah, I think so, because it's much better than talking about your bod just having a toll take on it. <laughs> that 130-pound frame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Claiming he has to go for runs. So true. Uh, dog but... weighs more than you. <laughs> You're scared of my dog, eh? Freaking terrifying, man. That thing comes at me. It's big. Out. It's big. Well, you're both yeah. scared of it. <laughs> I'm not scared of it. Who's scared he, of he dogs? Literally, Dude, he literally thing. bit, or she literally bit, like, Three different people when we were hanging out the one night. Yeah. Never seen it. <laughs> she doesn't bite. She nibbles. Love is blind, dude. Love is blind. It's a light oh, I'm nipple. not down for nibbles. I didn't sign up for that game. <laughs> Who the hell wants their nipples bit by a 100-pound <laughs> yeah. dog? It's She's... not just a game you start playing. Like, you don't just run up and tag someone like that. No. Yeah. She's only 60 for what it's worth. But... 
You got oh, it. yeah, you're right. So let her bite your nipples. <laughs> Shut up. All right. We finished on talking about goalies. And I know if I get away from goalies and then come back to goalies, D's going to be all miscombobulated because he hates goalies oh, so off. much. So we're going to stick with the goalies. Uh, D, going right to you again because this was your bold prediction. And so far, so good on it. But Carey Price getting lit again tonight and not in the good way. Uh, only two wins on the year. Maybe in a good way. 354, 354 goals against, 890 save percentage. That was entering play tonight. He's given up, what, yeah. four tonight? So that's probably going to be even worse come tomorrow. D, yeah. what is going on in Montreal? And most importantly, what is going on with Carey? Who knows, man? He's playing like poo. Uh, four <laughs> straight years, save percentage over 920. He's never finished below 905 before. Uh, and yeah, 890 right now. How does that happen? Who really knows? Uh, he is 30, so maybe that has something to do with it. He's obviously getting older, um, which is, you know, why was, you know, the grain of truth in my uh, bold prediction. Um, goalies don't tend to be that productive into their 30s. Uh, but who knows, man? Like, you, you don't usually see this, you know, drastic of a drop off, um, especially when we're talking about the elite, elite goaltenders. Uh, which, you know, Kerry has or has been or is maybe still. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, dude. Tough to say. Uh, I think it's, you know, a good time to move him um, because the Habs don't look very good, at least defensively. And like I said, this could only not get worse, but I don't know if uh, we're in a position where we're going to see Price right the ship all the way back to where it was. Yeah, the name should still carry enough value where you could still get quite a haul for a guy that's struggling this much. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just it doesn't make a lot of sense. I I, I keep seeing Sean. It's a head scratcher, man. I keep seeing Sean Tierney and all the graphs that he tweets out, and all it has to say is just that the Habs are like the most unlucky team in NHL history. So I think there's going to be some changes, but I think that might be more just in the goal support column than the actual uh, we yeah. know how to play defense column. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I think like it, it's going to be tough to really expect this guy to finish the year with a sub 900 save percentage, uh, but this is just it's mind blowing. Uh, in the same in the same breath, I think uh, as he's somebody that you could he's like this is the weirdest scenario ever because you can <laughs> buy low and sell high on him. I think you can still sell high on the name and the belief that he's going to return to his form, but at the same time you could buy low on him because he's been piss poor uh i don't know what do you do with the beeps uh i i think you know in montreal really for every single fantasy player they can really only go up and this is a lot like um st louis but the opposite where um you know like those guys are on fire so they're doing great and everyone in montreal kind of sucks right now and it's really sucking and, and carry price is one of those i see him moving you know up to a 915 maybe a 920 but the team in front of him is just not good enough to put him up there in maybe the elite category that we've had him with Holtby and uh, at least for wins. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I definitely see him improving. It's Carey Price. He does it year in and year out. So um, I, I'm not doubting him. I just think it's a terrible start that that's going to only improve. But I just I wouldn't expect a Vesna performance this year. The one thing that's just so brutal about this start is that a lot of people like when you draft Carey Price you kind of tend to just go like maybe forward and D heavy after that. Cause you're like, okay, I got carry. I'm set. I don't need a stellar number two. So you take a middling number two, maybe. And then now when carries dog shit, your goaltending situation, 
situation is screwed. Yeah, oh yeah. No wins. I guess, sure. here's a question for you. If you were an owner with Vasilevsky right now, Biebs, I think you're one of them, would you yep. ever consider no. trading Vasilevsky for price and like a forward or, or something that you needed on your team, or would you be too scared of, of trade for price right now? Maybe like consider it, but it'd have to be a decent forward, and I'm kind of loving Vasilevsky being a one right now. So if anyone's like me, they've probably won goalie categories the last two weeks. I have. It's been my forwards that have struggled. So um, I would probably just hang on to Vass, um, personally, but I've also said hang on to Gwensel, and maybe that wasn't the best call with Sod. So. No. <laughs> what about you, Dee? Do you have any uh, – I mean, I don't know if you own Vassy in every, any leagues, but do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, um, obviously, uh, we're buying into some early trends here. But I, I think, like we talked about, Vasilevsky seems like a pretty safe bet to at least post the league average uh, goaltending and save percentage from here on out. And, uh, you know, we talked about how good that situation in Tampa is for him right now. Uh, with the goal support. So I, I just think moving forward, he's in a much better situation. And with Price's play kind of being unsteady right now, uh, it's hard to make that kind of investment in him. Yeah, and, and I guess like the the one thing that would be, it would be team dependent is a lot of people probably drafted Vasilevsky as a two, right? So if you have right. a really good number one also, maybe it's worth taking the gamble because you can add a, another pretty steady forward or defenseman into the mix as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, it so. is. It, yeah, there you go. But he sucks. He's gonna get hurt tomorrow. So yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep keep riding that as he's the number like three ranked player in the whole league. But yeah, that's yeah. fine. Uh, moving on, <laughs> uh, Devin Dubnik, another goalie that struggled mightily out of the gate. One win only to the uh, today. Uh, they play again tonight. He's starting, so it could be two by the time you wake up tomorrow. Uh, but 325 goals against 899 save percentage D. Uh, this is a guy. I think all three of us had in our top five, or at least our top ten, coming into the year. What's going on in Minnesota? So that's the thing for me, man. I, I don't know how good Minnesota really is, but you know, I think you can definitely expect Dubnik himself to be better. Uh, I can't imagine him being any worse than league average moving forward. His track record's just too strong over the past few years. Um, but yeah, Minnesota obviously hasn't looked good. We talked about how hurt they are, um, and you know kind of how they prove there's no such thing as enough depth because they look to be one of the deepest uh, teams up front coming into the year. And, you know, that's really been tested to the absolute fullest oh. right now. Um, so, yeah, not, like we said, just not in a good situation right now. You expect them to be better than they are. Um, so hopefully they can, you know, kind of turn it around for, you know, if you're uh, invested in Dubnik fantasy-wise. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely expect him to get better moving forward and hope that the team around him does as well. Yeah, like yeah I think... You, sorry, I just wanted to say just uh, on how bagged up they are. Like, if you go to their page, uh, dailyfaceoff.com, and you just scroll down to the bottom, and you just see Zach Parise, Charlie Coyle, Nito Niederreiter. Like, that's just... That's brutal. Terrible. Like, yeah, no, It's obviously had a big effect on the whole team, and, and, and Dubnik uh, has and suffered as... because of it. As much as anyone wants to say, you know, that those are just forwards and that, that you know, how is that going to... Those are some very good defensive forwards that they have out. And when you're playing guys like Chris Stewart in your top six compared to maybe a Nino Niederreiter, um, that's definitely, you know, 
Um, that definitely is going to hurt your goalie a lot. They just don't quite seem like uh, they don't quite seem like they're there. I was going to say this is a goalie where I could see myself in two weeks writing something saying, you know, buy low on this guy because he's, these numbers are probably stay that way for a couple weeks. And then uh, I think they're going to go up as his team gets healthy, like you mentioned, and then he's going to move right back into where we thought he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I love Dubnik. This is a definite buy low uh, candidate yeah. for me. I think I would be almost more inclined to buy. Continue. Yeah, buy low. I would be more inclined almost to buy low on Dubnik at this point than, than Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for Price sure. is a better goalie, but that I think Minnesota is just a much better team than than Montreal. Uh, I do think Montreal has got a bit unlucky, but I love Dubnik. Uh, and D, I don't know what happened there. You almost did. We still got you. You still with us? Yeah, I, I mean, I assumed you were just going to edit it all out, so I wasn't going to talk about it, but uh, just choked on my water there. <laughs> well, no, you, you, and D, you and Beebs are on the same uh, same channel, I'm pretty sure. So uh, while Beebs is talking, there might be a minor hack job in the background. But no just big deal. That. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, I'm just happy to hear that you're doing okay. I thought we lost you there for a minute. I thought it was just a, the Brock and Beebs show, but we're good to go. Moving on to a couple forwards now. Uh, let's just start with Max Pacioretty. Uh, while we're on the subject of the Habs, just a brutal start to the year, uh, at least goal total-wise. Uh, two goals, no assists entering play tonight. I think, did they finally get shut out, D? Have you, you still got your eye on that game? Uh, last I saw it was 4 nothing. I don't think so, it's over yet. By the, looks of things, five minutes left. by the looks of things, two goals, zero assists in 10 games. So it's 20 seconds left, so it's about done. Another shutout for Johnny Quinn. But he had nine shots tonight, dude. He had nine freaking shots. Nine freaking shots. That's a lot of shots. Uh, Beebs, I know you wrote a piece on to buy low candidates, uh, and Max Pacioretty was one of them. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and talk about Max a little bit? Well, I kind of talked about him a lot last week, so I don't want to go back over that. Nothing has really changed since I have talked about him, which is kind of sad because I was hoping that it would. But at the same time, if anything, that's just makes him still a buy low candidate and even more buy low candidate at this point. Um, Pacioretty is someone that right now is kind of getting hounded from all angles. Even they're talking about stripping and see, will that help him? Um, he's just starting <laughs> slow. Just makes yeah, no know, sense. Just over, yeah, though, you <laughs> what know, if, if we take this letter off, his it'll, it'll only help him because he won't have pressure. And then, you know, he can get back to scoring 30 goals like he has with the C on his chest for the last six years. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, this is a guy he's proven he can score goals. He's proven he can do it year after year. Um, he has been healthy. He's, I, I love Patch Maybe I'm a little too high on him, but I, I've just been someone who's reaped the rewards of him in the past couple of years. And, uh, it's kind of an underrated, uh, goal scorer. Cause as where he puts up those 60, 65 numbers, which is up there with the better fantasy players, he's doing that with half goals, half assists, which people don't score quite like he does. Um, I like Pacioretty a lot. Probably the biggest Bilo candidate I've seen in a long time. So, Yeah, do you have anything else to add on Patches? Uh, nope, shooting the puck as much as ever. It'll start going in soon. Low on ice shooting percentage as well. Uh, obvious trade target for me right now, too, in fantasy. Yeah, he's on pace for uh, close to 340 shots. That's a lot of shots. Uh, and yeah. he's got two goals right now, so... The puck just has to go in. He's still gonna, he'll he'll still finish the year thirty thirty. Like I don't have yep. any doubt about it. Yep, I agree. Let's move along to somebody who I think we all have a little bit more doubts on. Uh, Kyle Pozo. no goals, one helper, nine games. What's going on there, Beebs? You love Buffalo more than anybody. What's going uh, on? I do love Buffalo. I do not love Kyle Poso right now. 
he kind of doesn't seem to be fitting there, and uh, and I, I, it kind of maybe stems a bit back to last year. One thing about Acaposo, and unfortunately I don't like to talk about this stuff, but he did have some health concerns in the offseason. Maybe it's slowing him a little bit. Lingering? Yeah, uh, and, and it was some serious Linger. stuff where he was actually considering potentially never playing again, which is extremely sad, but at the same time, it's a reality that we have to face. He might just not be the same player that he was. Um, he only had 45 points last year. That's pretty much equivalent to a bottom of the year roster guy. I just, if you can get anything for him now, do it. But um, it just seems like there's other better players that are starting to move their way up that lineup, and uh, and and it and I, I don't know. I just I don't like him this year. D, what do you think, man? Is he just miss Johnny T or what? Uh you know, he, he should obviously back bounce back to some degree. Uh, he's not a one point every nine games type of guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. Five, that, um, 5.1 on ice shooting percentage right now, too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you expect those type of things to bounce back. Um, obviously, on the opposite end of the spectrum than all those guys we were talking about earlier in the show. Uh, but I, I just don't think he brings a lot of fantasy value at this point in his career. I think it's a trend that we've seen um, over the last couple of years that, uh, even towards the end of his uh, kind of tenure in uh, on Long Island, there, uh, if he's not racking up the assists like he once was, you know, like the, the you know high thirties, low forties, he just straight up doesn't bring enough goal production to be anything more than a fringe roster guy in fantasy leagues. It, that was my take on him coming into the year, and it certainly hasn't changed um, now. If anything, obviously, it's just gotten worse. I think the one thing that's pretty obvious, uh, started the year with Ryan O'Reilly. O'Reilly's had his struggles to start the year as well. Uh, Palmanville, Eichel, and Evander Kane were just absolutely clicking at the start of the year. Uh, and then they moved Palmanville to O'Reilly's line and put Ocposo with Eichel. I think probably in a bit of an effort to jumpstart Ocposo hasn't worked so far. Uh, but I think as long as he's playing with Eichel, especially Evander Kane too, the way he's shooting the puck right now, I think the production yeah. has to come eventually. Uh, I mean, I, I think you could draw some similar comparisons to players like Eichel and Johnny T, uh, at least at this point in their careers. I really like Eichel myself. Uh, but, I, I mean, if you're playing with O'Reilly, I don't like it so much. But as long as he's with Eichel, I think he can bounce back. But I think it is, again, only a matter of time before you see Pominville back up there. Like, I mean, they just had so much success. I almost yeah, included Pominville in the, in the first section of the show because these guys got like 11 no, points and... 11 points in 10 games. Yeah, I just, like, we're all just going to be like, nah. nah. It's <laughs> awesome, but <laughs> moving nah. on. Uh, but, yeah, another guy. Let's talk about another forward here. Another guy that I Another love. guy. Another guy I loved coming into the year. Sebastian <laughs> Aho. Uh, what's going on here? He picked up an assist tonight. How that? Three assists. No, now four assists, sorry, in eight games. Uh, D. Bit of a slow start, but this is one of the biggest uh, rookie breakouts last year. Is it just a slow start? What are we thinking? Uh, you know, he's just 20 years old. I still like Aho's chances to improve on his, you know, 24, 25, or 24 goal, 25 assists he put up last year. Hasn't scored yet, obviously, but he has fired 21 shots in seven games coming into tonight. Uh, so obviously that's bound to change. He's got prime usage and opportunity in Carolina. So I still like him a lot moving forward. Uh, despite, you know, kind of this run of bad luck he's had to start the year. Yeah, I uh, honestly, like, someone had to have a sophomore slump because Matthews certainly isn't, and uh, Lainey's kind of killing it too. So, um, yeah, I think Aho's just that guy right now, and, and we've seen him turning around with two two points in his last three games. 
Um, as D mentioned, there's there's all the ice time for him there. He's playing in the around the 18 minute mark right now, average per game, which is it's pretty nice for a forward. Um, I, I personally like how he plays both wings in Yahoo. I think he's going to improve. I could see him, you know, ending this year kind of close to where he ended it last year. But even still, that's a, that's worthy of a bottom of your roster guy. Yeah, I think the, this is more of a reflection, I think, of just the Hurricanes being kind of slow starters. Uh, this is obviously a team yep. that I've touted a ton in the offseason, uh, a team that I expect to do well. They went into Toronto and, and kind of blew the doors off of the Leafs tonight. Maybe that's a really a, good. Yeah, maybe that's a start. I think you know maybe we could just chalk it up to a sluggish start for the entire team because nobody was really doing much to start the year. I mean they, I think they played like less games than everybody too. Uh, so I think it's more to that. I mean he's still on pace for 246 shots. Uh, that kind of shot production will go a long way in him returning to 25 goals. Or I think he had 24 last year, whatever, 24, 25. Uh, but I think you can expect similar production from what he did last year still. Uh, I know I've offered trades for him in every single one of my leagues. I think this kid is just way too talented uh, to struggle this much. And again, like you guys both alluded to, just so much ice time in Carolina. Uh, and it's not going anywhere. They absolutely love the kid. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't know. He he's dirty and I love them still and I was happy you know, I was happy to see no offense D. Yeah, I think he's sick. I was happy to see them go in there and kinda beat the Leafs up a little bit tonight and hopefully that's you Oh know, you're all right. Hopefully that sparks yeah, a little I bit. I couldn't have imagined Brock would be happy to see the Leafs lose. Yeah, I would not have imagined that I don't at care all. that Ever. much, but it's more impressive when it's oh, the team can. that I like. You would like anyone who beat Toronto. You'd be like, oh, yeah, Arizona came in and crushed them. I, I love Arizona. Sweet to see Quentin Keller do his thing. Yeah, no, I would say I would say that about Arizona. But, like, if they if Toronto beats Buffalo, like, I I like that. I like that. If Toronto beats Pittsburgh, I like, I like that. that. If Toronto beats I like Chicago, that. I like that. So, I don't, I don't – Toronto's not the bottom feeder in my, uh, in my love spectrum, but – Bottom five. Well, for sure. Only because I get the most attention from me. Only because I don't like D. Yeah, no, it's it, it. Oh, it all comes out now. It all comes. Yeah, out. it's totally understandable. <laughs> just kidding. I just want you to like. Just my, I just want you to like my dog, man. <laughs> Clarify. Um, uh, but let's but talk. Get her stop biting me. <laughs> she doesn't bite. She loves you. It's not that hard, man. Like it's, it's a, like the one thing a dog has to do. It's in, a, in it's my a, books. Uh, is, does it bite me? No. Okay, it's a great dog. It's Good a love dog. tap. I'm not. I didn't sign sign up for this. <laughs> she doesn't know who you are. Infection. You're just breaking into my house. That's what she's thinking. Uh, but let's before we go and send it back to the Blue Stones like we always do. Couple defensemen to talk about. Two guys that were very just highly drafted. A lot of a lot of expectations coming into this year. Uh, we'll start yeah. with Tory Krug. One goal, one assist. Not sure what he did tonight. They only had two goals, so I doubt anything. Uh, but that's through seven games. Well, six games coming in tonight. Now seven. Uh, Beebs, we might as well start with you. What do you think about Tory Krug? Tory Krug, uh, I think it's a lot of he just kind of had a little bit of a slow start. We mentioned uh, earlier in our couple episodes just the whole face thing that was going on with him after he took that puck, or was it a stick in preseason? I think it was Either a way, puck to the jaw. Yeah, I think it was a puck to the jaw. Either way, though, it kind of slowed him up, made him miss a couple games. He's still just kind of getting his feet under him, and you could see that kind of by the way his ice time is going. Um, he's, he's getting 21 minutes a night. The only problem with Krug now is Charlie McAvoy is there, and he he's looking phenomenal. And uh, I'm a little bit worried that that might jump into just Krug's 
power play one minutes eventually. Um, but at the same time, Tori Krug's uh, uh, he's always been great. Um, his minus eight is obviously uh, not the prettiest number, but I, I, I expect him to improve for sure. He still is an offensive defenseman, and then that's always nice in fantasy. D, what do you think about Tori? Yeah, I, I think the injury definitely, you know, has probably contributed to a slow start, but he really just has not played well at all. He's not shooting a lot. His possession numbers have been uncharacteristically bad. Uh, he was 58% last year. He's down to 43% so far this season. Mm. It's a huge drop. Um, that being said, it's obviously not enough games to kind of trump his track record the last four seasons. He's been one of the steadier D-men in the league. Uh, I like him to figure it out, but he really does need to be better moving forward. Yeah, um, I don't even know what to say. Like, this is a guy, 2015, 205 shots, followed that up with 244 shots, and then followed that up with 208 shots. So he's been 200-plus shots for three straight seasons. This guy's got got eight shots in seven games. He hasn't recorded a shot in three games. He's on pace for 94 shots. Like, what? How do you just drop off 100 shots? Like, where did they go? Like, why? You'd almost think he had a hand injury. And yeah. That's just like, is he, I don't even know. As like, I was say, he's been bad, man. Does, do, hasn't do, had the puck a lot. Do you think, like, um, he just got hit in the face of the puck and now he's just scared to hit other people's faces with pucks? He's afraid pucks? of puck. He's afraid of puck. You know, I, I doubt it. Yeah. I'm going to say I doubt it, but maybe. Could be it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> I, I what, that's like the only logical uh, explanation. Like it doesn't make sense. How do you 200, 200, 200, 94. What? Probably I'm no not ma- the only logical. I'm no mathematician, but what? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, as I said, you uh, you know, this small of a sample size, you definitely expect it to kind of correct itself at some point soon. I would uh, hope so. But yeah, Krug just has not played well at all. Disappointing, for sure. I think just the Bruins have not really played yeah, well. Yeah, that team sucked a lot. Hey, they beat San Jose today, but that's, they're just San Jose. Anyways, last defenseman. Ball. Let's go. Oscar Clefbaum, uh, a guy that I took a lot of heat for in the summer for ranking him too low. Am I a genius, or is this just a slow start? Uh, he's got 25 shots and eight games from the back end. It's kind of starting to feel like the Colton Pareko sort of situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's got to find the back of the net soon. Low on-ice shooting percentage also helps explain the lack of points. Uh, straight up to you, there's just not a lot of options on the Oilers' back end. And if he's playing just around McDavid and Dreisaitl, the points will start to pile up eventually. Yeah, beeps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mentioned this also. This is like I, I literally picked three guys off of my article. This was he was one of my main ones just strictly because uh, he he did say or his coaches said for the year start he's going to try to get about 250 shots on net and he's on pace for that as D mentioned um, and those pucks are going to go in and, and, and exactly you, if you're playing with McDavid and you're playing with Drysaitel you're going to get those secondary greasy assists those first assists and he's kind of a guy who's, who's coming into his own seems to just finally be filling out his body becoming the number one demon that they hope they'd have so uh, i expect him to to pull it together if people are at the point where they're dropping him right now um absolutely grab him as your fourth or maybe third d man um but he's definitely worth hanging on to for a bit i hope nobody's dropping him i just somebody somebody tweeted at me the other day asked if they should drop him like nah I did drop him, but it's because Carlson came off the IR in my Ooh, life. Oh, you dropped him? In what league? Can I pick him I up? I have 3D. Yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah. I have 3D and Carlson, Ristolainen, and Tyson Berry, so I'm not really. 
He's on pace for 256 shots uh, with his career. I know we kind of we do this a lot on pace for this many shots, career shooting percentages. It's an easy way to kind of give you a number idea. Uh, and with a career shooting percentage, would put him on pace for 13 goals. Uh, we saw him get over just 20 assists last year. think that's obviously just his floor. You know, playing with McDavid, you guys alluded to it. He, he pick up an assist, just stand on the ice. Uh, it yeah. could be 30 he's getting uh, elite numbers, too. Yeah, and he's going to see the most minutes out there. I mean, 256 yeah. shots is nothing to scoff at. Uh, I think I did rate him too low this offseason, and uh, I love him. I just shoot the puck so much. Like, that's what you just, <laughs> that's all you want from a fantasy defenseman. Just shoot the puck. Just do it. That's all you need. Just shoot the puck. Like go just rip it, man. Yeah. Uh, you play on that. I think the other thing, obviously, we should point out is Edmonton is averaging 1.88 goals per game to start the year, which yeah, is, I think, probably the most mind blowing thing in the entire league right now. <laughs> like, is there anything more surprising? was hurt, so that hurt a bit, but for I mean, sure. Still. But regardless, Connor McDavid should average 1.88 goals per game. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like, shit. This makes no sense. I know Oilers Nation's just losing their damn heads, but. Uh, yeah, we ran a little long because of today's interview. No Twitter questions, uh, but if you do have questions, do not hesitate to ask us. Hit us up at, at DFO Podcast. Uh, usually me and Beebs are patrolling that Twitter account throughout the day. Uh, if you want to hit up me directly at Brock underscore Seagate or at Daily Faceoff. Then we got at 3D Birthume and at Beebs Bondi if you want to hit them up because I read a iTunes review that said, that they don't really like me, they just like you two. So uh, maybe that Obviously. guy could ask you guys. That's what's questions. up. Yeah, it's like That's someone's just up. going into my brain and writing down how I feel about things. Yeah, it was probably you. It's that just because it. you talk like three times as much as we do, Brock. So you're just bound to say more dumb yeah. shit. Yeah, and it's because you like the wings. So That's why. And it's because I'm always just so nasally. I can't even breathe right now. No, yeah, it's all right I though. I can hear like, how loud you breathe, like, like the, out loud. Elena's Morissette thing. You know? <laughs> people like that. You just compared me to Linus Morissette. Oh, it was a laugh and then a cough. It was, a, I, I was a cultural icon, dude. <laughs> I think I almost died. But anyways, that, that was, was off for Brock chokes. That was yeah, no shit. That was season three, episode eight. <laughs> Enjoy the Blue Stones. Make sure you go hit up Kyle Crochet with some money because that thing is hilarious. Also, head over to iTunes. I keep asking you guys, nobody does it, so I'm getting pretty pissed off over here. <laughs> Leave a five-star review. Tell us how awesome we are. Even if you say five stars and just say, I hate Brock, but I love the other two, that's fine. I don't care. I got thick yeah. skin. Tell the truth. Just don't that's say you don't like Biebs. He'll cry. Um, yeah, that's I'm actually true. It is super true. Uh, but anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you guys back here next week. For I'm Brock Seagate for Biebs Body. Dylan birth you. Season. I'm going to be for Halloween. Oh, I wish. You have the same hair. You could do it. Yeah. All right, see you guys next week. Peace.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.